What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, Wealth Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Joey, I was sitting here earlier today and I was talking to this girl who was in her mid-20s. She's 26 and family, family friend. And she had reached out to me because she was thinking about what if she should join this multi-level marketing company. Okay. And she was asking me my opinion on it. And, you know, she, she knew what we did. And I said, well, you know, I was asking her, you know, questions about it. How did she hear about it? And she was telling me that she was reading the cash flow quadrant and some friends of hers were in this multi-level marketing company. And, and here's the question I asked her. I said, obviously there must be something going on in your life or in the job that you're in that isn't perfect. That isn't exactly what you had dreamed it to be. That would even have you considering doing something like this. Sure. What is that thing for you? Now, Joey, the, the key is you and I know enough that when somebody has a pain, they are most likely to try to find a way to get out of it and they will search high and low. True. That's true. But yet someone who doesn't have that pain will not pursue things just based upon the potential goal or gain from whatever they would get from doing it. That's right. Yep. And I, 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 I bring this up because as we get ready to interview Tate Litchfield today, he talks about when he got out of college, how he was, how he got to experience a very, very interesting thing in his life very early on. And when posed with an, an alternative method to an, an alternative lifestyle, if you will, he moved in the direction of getting out of that pain and avoiding that pain, which was really unique. And I, I, I bring this up because I think that when you're listening to our podcast, if you really want to become financially free, ideas like what Tate's going to bring up today are going to be really interesting to you. You're going to perk up and you're going to want to take, you're going to figure out how could you be a part of that. But if you don't have anything that you're wanting to get out of and you're perfectly content, then I would, I'd actually tell you to quit listening to the podcast because <laughs> the things that we're sharing are ways to become financially free, but you have to want to be financially free and you have to want something different. Would you agree to that? Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, I love the fact that Tate gives you a picture of the fear that he had, right? And the question marks that he had. And also seeing, like, he had the foresight to say, man, I don't want to end up like so many others who are giving up the freedom. He was after freedom. 
And that's what I think is so uh, poignant for today's podcast and something that I think uh, you'll get so much value out of. So without further ado, you always hear about Mark Podolsky, but you never have heard Tate Litchfield. Today's the day. Let's dive into this episode with Tate Litchfield. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now, here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Wealth Without Wall Street Tribe, you've heard of the land geek. Now you're going to meet his brains behind the outfit, Mr. Tate Litchfield in the house. Tate, so glad to have you, man. Thanks, guys. It's a real pleasure. Excited to be here. Man, it's finally like we got some young blood in here, right? We've had Mark on the show so many times. You know, the elderly statesman of the group. We've had Scott Todd, the professor. You know, we, we've had all these people, but we've not had, as Joey said, I love it when you call me Big Papa. And Jeez. I am so excited to have you on. There was a time in your life, though, that you thought, I'm going to be a lawyer of all things. And you kind of did a little yeah. bit of a walkabout and had an epiphany. And thankfully, a um, your dad connected you to someone that changed your life. It has us knowing each other, and I'm so grateful for it. Would you talk a little bit about what that was like and um, what happened in your life that made you say, no, the law field's not for me. I think it's this land flipping process. Yeah. No, thanks. Uh yeah, I certainly owe a lot to not only my parents, but uh, some really good mentors. And I'm grateful for the influence that they've played in my life because I know that I'm in a, the best possible situation because of that. And the reason I'm here is land investing. Um, here's the thing. We got to clear the air, guys. I'm a millennial, right? And as a millennial, that means I'm very undecisive. You guys should be scared, <laughs> right? Uh, don't worry, though. We're going to figure this out. But, you know, I did... I went through school. I graduated school. I actually met my wife there and I sold her on this idea that I was going to become a lawyer. And she bought into it immediately. She was like, okay, yeah, this sounds good for my future. And, uh, you know, we got married. <laughs> After we uh, got married, I kind of had this moment of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call it anxiety, but like total fear set in as I realized I'm about to become an adult. Right, I've graduated university and I've got to make the decision on what I'm gonna do with my life. I'd prepared through my undergrad to go to law school. I'd been accepted to some law schools. I'd received some nice opportunities and some scholarships, but I wasn't quite ready to commit. And so I did what uh, any young millennial would do and I deferred. We packed our things up and we moved to Asia. And we spent the next seven and a half months backpacking and exploring and playing. And we had a wonderful time. And I came home from that trip and I realized I can't go back to school. I don't want to go back to school. I don't know if I have the drive necessary to get the grades required to be good at law. And I can remember I, I had this conversation with my wife and she said, you know, I'm sure you'll figure it out. 
let's not write it off entirely though. Like let's, let's not totally throw this idea away. And looking back at it, uh, she was terrified. She had every right to be terrified. And I sat down and I spoke with my dad and my dad's a physician. He's extremely well-educated. And he said to me, look, Tate, you know, whatever you decide to do, you need to decide that you want to do it and you want it badly. And one day I was sitting around in his office about to go to lunch with him. And, uh, one of his uh, good friends came in and this is an individual who, you know, basically was a patient of my dad that had become a friend. And this guy uh, approached my dad's office and he said, Hey doc, I got an opportunity for you. I'm raising a little bit of money for, to do this uh, land investment deal. And uh, here's what I think I can do. If you lend me, I don't know, it was 25 or $35,000 at the time, I'll give you a hundred percent return on your money. And I think it was 60 days and my dad perked up and he was like, okay, I'm in under one condition. You show my boy what you're doing here. And that was it guys. That's, that was when I first got my, you know, the first time I'd ever heard of land investing or land flipping. And, uh, the guy hesitantly shook my dad's head and said, all right, be at my house next week at uh, 9am. So we agreed I was going to spend the week with him. And I, I drove over to his place and, uh, I knocked on his door and he said, oh, we're in the casita in the back. So we went to the back. And uh, when I was showing up to his house, he said, look, your job is to bring the donuts. You have to bring the donuts every single day. And I was like, all right, good. I can do this. I can, I take donuts very seriously. I will not disappoint you. I opened the door, we sit down. And to my surprise, the guy's sitting there in his underwear. And I'm like, what is going on here? Okay, I can look beyond it. He's sitting in his boxers, got a robe on, eating donuts. and." Uh, he says, all right, let me teach you about land investing. And I spent the next five days watching him make money on the internet. And he was primarily a wholesaler. So he was going out and he was buying these properties for inexpensive and he was flipping them to other land investors who, was who were going to sell these on terms. And during that week I spent with him, our day started at nine and ended around 10, 30 or 11, whenever he got hungry for lunch again. And it was short. I mean, we're talking two hours total here. And during that time of four days or five days, I watched him do a number of deals. And at the end of the week, I said to him, how much money did you make? And he had made $8,000 profit in that one week of working, you know, basically 10 hours total. And I said to myself, if this old guy can do it, so can I, and, and let me tell you, this guy was not the most computer savvy individual I'd ever met. In fact, during that week, I taught him how to open up a second tab on his web browser, right? And I know that probably relates to you, Russ, a little bit because, you know, I just got <laughs> done sitting here and you asked, hey, are my headphones working? So look, if this guy can do it, yeah, Russ, please there's take, no teach, teach Russ about the whole two tab thing. Uh, he's been struggling. Yeah, I mean, look. It's the 21st century, man. You got to get on board here because before he would have all these, he would literally have a hundred different windows open. And I said to myself, if he can do it sitting in his underwear and this guy was afraid of the internet, he was afraid of it. He didn't want to break it. I said to myself, I'm not afraid of the internet. I can't break this. I'm going to have a crack at it. So I went home and I studied and I began to research. And this was before there was training, before there was the land geek program, before there was help, right? There was before there was a community. And so I spent my time, um, you know, basically stumbling and pushing this rock up a hill. And then I met, linked up with my dear friend, Mark Podolsky. And 
Mark introduced me to an approach that was a little bit different than what I'd originally learned. See, my original mentor, he taught me that the way to make money in land was to buy it for 500 and then sell it for 1000 And I loved it. And as a 23-year-old, this was a really good way to start the business because I needed cash. And I linked up with Mark. And Mark was primarily buying all of my land wholesale from me. So I'd go to Mark and I'd say, hey, I got 20 properties. Uh, they're going to cost you $1,000 each. But they're worth, Mark, they're worth $100 a month for the next 48 months or 60 months. And Mark would say to me, sounds good. I'll cut the check. And I started selling all my properties to this guy, Mark. And I was watching what he was doing with them. He was taking these properties that he was buying off me for $1,000. And he was turning around and collecting $200 down, $250 dog fee, and then collecting $100 a month for the next three, four, five, six years on them. And I said to myself, I'm looking at this wrong. I'm in the world, I'm in the world of hustling. And Mark's in the world of chilling by the beach. This guy has figured out how to take a property and make it pay him every single month. And so I begged with Mark and reluctantly he took me under his wing and he showed me what he was doing. He taught me the approaches that he was using and I learned from them. And basically since then, I have put all of my energy into building passive income. I'm no longer a wholesale wholesaler. My primary focus with raw land is to take a non-performing asset and turn it into a cash flowing asset. And my medium of choice is vacant land. That's what I love, that's what I do. And so that's what I'm here to talk with you guys about today is uh, land investing. Hopefully that helps, is that it. a good background? Is that, is that a good story? Well, yeah, that's amazing. And I love the fact that it all started with the guy in his underpants eating donuts. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, uh, you can't see below my waist, but I was just eating donuts earlier. Let's just leave it at that. Um, so talk about like the epiphany you had, you're, you're under this pressure to, did you think I'm going to go into law and this Mm -hmm. is going to be my, my, my future compare Mm -hmm. that to what you saw happening with this mentor. And then subsequently with Mark later, the lifestyle, I mean, was that, what were the, what were the question marks and the, the things that you're like, check mark, check mark, check mark. This has got to be a better fit for me than, than law. What, what were those things going through your mind? Look, for me, it came down to freedom, right? And these guys that I was mentoring under, that I was watching, that I was admiring, they had the ultimate asset, which was time, right? They could work whenever they wanted. If they didn't want to come in today, they didn't have to call a boss. And that was one of the things that I knew deep down inside I wanted. I wanted to have freedom. I wanted to be able to work in Mexico. I wanted to be able to work in my boxers. I wanted to be able to work in Hawaii or not at all, right? And so I started learning from these guys. And then I learned how to leverage other people's time to do what I needed done in my business. And we started introducing VAs. And I realized early on, I don't have to be an expert at anything except hiring experts, right? And so I went about and I started finding the best possible VAs I could, given my limited amount of capital. And I hired these individuals and they, in turn, gave me their best efforts 
which allowed me to move and progress with confidence. I was my own boss. I had time. I started making money passively. And then I was able to take that money and turn it into more deals and more cash flow. And then I was able to look at other opportunities and larger deals. And eventually it got me to where I'm at now to where my focus is terms deals. That's all we do. We only sell land owner finance. If you come to me today, Russ, and say, hey, I want to buy this property cash, we're going to say, why would you buy it cash when you can finance it for the same price? Russ, I remember my dad specifically say to me, Joey, you got to go to college. I don't want you to end up like me. And you know what my dad was saying is in order for things to change, things have to change. You can't end up just like me. Well, I think, I mean, we, we, as parents, sometimes we take on the burden thinking about our kids and, and how we want something better for them. And we want to know what will their future look like if I don't take action, if I don't do something different. See, in my house, I'm the role model. You're your kid's role model. And the buck stops with you. It's time to take action. If you're ready to take action, join us at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash passport and get started on your own journey to financial freedom. All right, let's jump back into this episode. And I think that that's an important part, right? Because what you said earlier is people get into it from the flipping standpoint, truly flipping, doing wholesale deals, getting quick cash, but it's not going to create a long-term reoccurring revenue, which is what you're building when you're doing it the other way. I think there's a lot of millennials out there that probably were looking at this um, now from your lens that says, hey, I can work 10 hours a week wherever I want and make more money than I could in probably 99% of all professions. That's appealing. Yeah, it's definitely appealing. And then, you know, what's also appealing about it is you get to help solve problems, right? Like you're solving two people's problems and what you're doing. You've got somebody who owns something that they no longer want. They no longer perceive as valuable. And you're able to buy that from them, take over those responsibilities, and then turn around and find a new end user for it, right? And that end user is going, this is exactly what I've been dreaming of. Holy cow, you're willing to sell it to me on monthly terms, monthly payments? I never knew I could ever own raw land. And here I am, a owner. Well, and, and talk about the seller's predicament though, right? The seller's predicament right. in these smaller parcels, you know, $1,000 or less or $2,000 or less, even $10,000 or less for a parcel, it really mm-hmm. doesn't have a place in the marketplace. Like you can't go and get a realtor to list that because there's no money in it for them, right? I mean, is that what you run into for helping that seller? Absolutely. It's an inefficient marketplace, right? No realtor is going to come and say, hey, let me list this property, this $2,000 property. Why? It's not worth their time, right? Because they're going to have to potentially show the property. They're going to have to get the property listed. And all of those things cost them money. And so when it comes down to it, the only people who are willing to buy this from the, you know, from the seller are guys like me, right? Because I can take this property. I know what to do with it, right? I know how to advertise it. I know how to make it irresistible. I know how to connect with the end user. And that's really helpful to both parties, right? I like to think of myself as you guys have seen Fiddler on the Roof, right? You know, that song matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. That's me. I'm a matchmaker, 
I'm going out and I'm saying, look, you've got something that you no longer want. Maybe you inherited it. Maybe you bought it. You had plans for it, but times changed, whatever, right? Let me buy it off you. I'll turn around and find somebody who wants to have a go at it. And uh, I find that fulfilling. And I feel like, you know, every single person that we work with is, um, you know, excited by the opportunity to either sell us their land or buy new property from us. Tate, I want to take this interview in a little bit different direction now. I I love that you gave a good context to what's happening behind the scenes, what you guys are doing, how you're doing it. But I'm just curious, how many people do you know, like personally know, not not like people who've come to you guys to say, hey, I want to be coached, but how many people Mm -hmm. in your family, friends from college, friends growing up, have you tried that, that you've seen that was going to be like, they're the, they're great fit for this. They're telling me they're frustrated in life and they're, you know, they're, they're at a place in their work career that they wish that they weren't. And, and I, and, and you're telling them about this, that won't do it. That, that won't uh, most like, take you up on it. Most people, right. And, and most people are scared of it because, you know, it's, it's not something that's spoken about often. There's no HGTV series about land flipping, right? And this is uh, this is a world in which most people don't even know exists. I mean, I've been married for a decade, and I finally think at Thanksgiving, my in-laws, I got them to understand what I do for a living. I think it finally happened. Like the light bulb finally turned on, and they go, oh, that's what you're doing, right? I meet people every single day, and they'll ask hey, how come you're home all day? How come you're constantly picking the kids up from school? How come you're riding your bike when it's the best weather in town? You're not up at the crack of dawn. It's like, well, passive income, and here's what I do. I'm happy to share it. It's not a secret, right? It's one of those things that it does require work. It is something that you have to commit to. But if you do commit to it, the only way you can fail is by quitting, right? And a lot of people out there have this desire to be an entrepreneur, or be in real estate, but they don't, you know, know what type of real estate works for them, or maybe they're operating on a small budget. This is a type of uh, real estate that I refer to as blue collar, right? Anybody can get into this, right? It doesn't matter whether you've got a few thousand dollars or a few hundred thousand dollars, you can do deals in this world. And that's not the case in traditional real estate. Well, I just know that there's, I mean, you're so close to it. I can't even imagine how frustrated you get with people that you know that would be good for it that's in your sphere. But I, I have people in my life that I'm like, come on, you, you ought to go check yeah. out this land flipping thing. That Here's that avenue. Like you have a, a great profile, which, and I don't know if you would agree with this, but in my, you know, two and a half years of being around you guys, what I have found, what I've boiled it down to, the person who's successful in land flipping has two characteristics. And I'd love to hear if yours are different than mine. One, they have a willingness to win. They're just going to do it. They're just going to have grit. They're not going to stop. They're determined. They're focused. They know what they want. They go after it. Two, is it that generally they're just good with people, right? In whatever way that is, doesn't mean they have to be extroverted. There's people that are introverted. 
but they're just good right. with people. Absolutely. When they talk to people, they're just good with people. Those are the two characteristics. Not that they're smarter than the average bear. They've done investing before. They've been business owners before. They're super detail-oriented, any of those things. Those two characteristics, would you add anything to that, or would you agree with that or disagree? No, I agree with that 100%. And, you know, good with people. Here's the thing. You don't have to be – personally, you don't have to be with good with people to be able to sell raw land, right? You can find somebody to sell your raw land for you. I'm, I'm one of those guys who are, I don't love talking on the phone. In fact, I'm extremely uncomfortable on this podcast right now. There's a reason why this is the first podcast I've ever done out of land, land geeks, right? This is the first one ever. And it's because this isn't, uh, this isn't something I necessarily love doing, but I trust you guys. Like you said, two and a half years, I know you're not going to embarrass me or, you know, make me want my mom or anything like that. So I'm grateful for that. But, you know, in the land world, really, you got to be able to manage people, right? And uh, you got to be honest. I think that's really important. Be a man of your word, right? Do what you say you're going to do. Make sure that you take care of those people who are working with you and uh, good things follow, right? It's, it's a pretty simple process, right? If you boil it down, it's just two steps. Buy land, sell land. That's it. That's all you have to do. Well, it's critical what you're what you're saying is that people uh, who really want to do this at a high level have to view it as a business and oh, yeah. not just being a, a land sales person, because those are two different things. Whenever you run it as a business, you can compartmentalize each one of these processes and find the right person, the who, not the how of making this business work at the highest of levels. And, uh, you know, as we have found, even within the wealth that wall street world operating a business, there's always somebody better than you that can do one piece or the other piece. And so, yeah, I love that about the land geek system is the people that have come through it. They all start to view it as a business. The ones that are most successful, they start breaking those pieces down and, and hiring the best people, um, Talk about that for, for you and for what you've seen on, on your end. Yeah, I mean, I've got a, a number of different virtual assistants or VAs as they're commonly known as, and I love my team. They're fantastic. I've got people who are in charge of pricing properties for us. I've got people who are in charge of uh, buying properties, dealing with the sellers, right? I've got somebody who's in charge of marketing for us. They handle different aspects and different platforms that we market land on. We've got three people who are in charge of selling property for us. That's their one responsibility is to pick up the phone. These are individuals who love to talk on the phone. They're salespeople, right? They're not afraid to ask for money. That's great. I've got bookkeepers. I've got a personal assistant, right? And, and all of these people make my life better, right? They allow me to have more of a CEO mindset, right? When it comes to running this business. And I think that's the number one thing I would tell anybody who's getting into this is if you're going to commit to land, right? And building a land business, you cannot view this as a hobby. You cannot view this as something for fun, right? You need to view this as a business. And if you're able to have that approach to it, then sky's the limit as to what you can do with it, right? And I think every single land investor that I know at some point in time, they're making enough, right? They're making enough money. And the one thing that we find, you know, so wonderful about our community is 
everybody is doing it because money is a tool in their mind. Money is something that they can have and create that will allow them to have more time with loved ones, being able to give back to a community or charity or church or whatever that is, right? But their whys are bigger than simply dollars in the bank. If you're making $25,000 a month passively by getting up in the morning, and you've got a great group of people who are motivated to work. It doesn't matter, you know, whether or not you want to get up today or do anything because the money's coming in regardless. And, and it's a beautiful position to be in, honestly. I, I love this. I, I one last question. I know we need to let you go get back to um, riding your bicycle. And uh, I was going to say, don't say work because you're lying <laughs> if you say work. Well, and that's the reason, that's the question I have. Here's the, here's the thought. And I, it applies to me and most entrepreneurs is that our brain doesn't stop. And we're, if we don't have work, we find work. I would yeah. like to know from your perspective is, are you always thinking about land? Like, are you, are you doing this even though you're not required to? Like, are you finding time to do some level of work throughout the day or no? You know, I, I enjoy certain aspects of the job, right? And I say job because I view it, what I do as non-negotiable, right? Like this is something that must get done. I really enjoy research, right? I look, I like looking at comps and I look like, I like uh, doing market analysis and, and tracking those kind of metrics and data points. Um, I probably work in our land business, maybe about an hour, hour and a half a day. Uh, that's Monday through Thursday. Typically I might do something on, on the weekends, but, uh, typically that's family time. Um, I'm always thinking about expansion or growing or, but I'm not necessarily thinking about buying raw land or doing that. I'm thinking about the bigger picture here of, Hey, I, I just saw an ad on TV, what can I learn from the way that they're selling cars? What can I learn from this? How can I apply that to my business? What can I do to help my team members make more money next year? What, what aspects of the business can we perfect? I'm also going through the what ifs. What if I kick the bucket tomorrow? Is the business set up appropriately? Are our investors taken care of? Is my family protected, right? And I like to believe yes. Right. The people who right. advise me say yes. But at the same point, I'm always I'm, I'm a land guy. Like this is what I do. I'm not in other forms of real estate. I'm not in multifamily. I'm not in single family. I'm a land guy. I'm staying in my lane. I've got my blinders on. I'm focused on what I do best. And that's raw, vacant, undeveloped land. Well, dude, uh, it is it's amazing to have you um helping us to build our passive income. We we're so grateful uh, as we have uh, reported every single month that it keeps growing. We're up over 25,000 a month on our business. Should I give you guys a teaser? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. You are above 25,000 a month, but um, you know, we had a sale just the other day for you guys and now you're at $25,329.52. So that might buy lunch, right? Oh, I'm, lunch is on me for sure. All right. But Tate, it is awesome to have you. And I'm so grateful that you're going to be uh, one of the speakers at our Inner Circle Live in January. And so, so, so excited to have you to be able to share this with others and get them started 
on their financial freedom journey. Uh, for those of you who are, have listened to this today, we're so grateful for you and ask that you would share this. If you got value from it, share this, like this, review us, um, and help us to beat the big tech al- algorithm so other people can hear us and, uh, and get on their path. Thanks as always, and we'll catch you on the next episode. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.